0: Greetings, program. Hello, and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a Movie by Minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 64. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and with me today is my talented, creative, and deeply driven guest co host, Torin Atkinson. Welcome, Torin.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself now that this is your first Sure. Episode.
1: I'm, uh, by day, I'm a storyboard artist in the animation industry. Um, by night, I am in a band called The Darkest of the Hillside Thickets, of which I am the a singer and one of the two founders. And I'm a dungeon master as well, from time to time. Ooh. Yes. And I actually wrote a game in uh, the around the year 2000 with my... Um, Thicket's co-founder, Warren Banks, called Spaceship Zero.
0: Oh, cool. Right on.
1: Yeah. And that was published uh, and it won an award, but it didn't sell. <laughs> That's the way things go sometimes. Yeah. And then I'm a podcaster as well. I'm on uh, I'm on a podcast right now called Adventure.exe, which is a live play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Yay. And I'm doing my own thing called Torren's Guide to Everything, where I just talk about things I'm interested in. Awesome. Yeah. The nice. first episode was Bubble Tea the second episode was uh, 1960 Spider-Man music, and I'm working on the third one now, which will be Choose Your Own Adventure books. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah,
0: I've seen a post about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's going to be fun to go into.
1: I think so. I've dived into a little bit, uh, and it and it goes back actually quite a few years, oh, like okay. like the history of interactive fiction.
0: Because I think of it as an 80s thing, but it's probably got oh its yeah roots oh no it's like yeah like... no it's earlier than that. Wow. Even. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I will have to tune in for that one. Uh, since it's your first minute with us, do you remember the first time that you saw Tron?
1: I absolutely do not oh, okay, remember. Because cool.
0: that's common. That's been a yeah. common answer. Yeah. yeah.
1: I guess I was... When was it? 82?
0: 82. Was so I was 12. Officially released, yeah.
1: I don't know if I saw it in the theater. Yeah. I might have. Yeah. Um, but I've definitely seen it several times. And the uh, thing I remember most, and this is also the thing I remember about when The Black Hole came out, right, was that Shreddy's had toys they had tron they had the tron flying disc oh did they okay in, cool. in shreddies is like you know today you get nothing in the yeah. cereal box but yeah. back in the 80s you would get plastic toys yeah and they had a little tron which and i looked it up on ebay there's somebody selling a, a tron deadly <laughs> disc which is you know it's a flat piece of plastic maybe two inches across yeah and they're selling it for like thirty dollars and that's you know a <laughs> bit of a markup <laughs> yeah That's what I remember uh, most about my Tron experience in
0: 1982. Do did you see it? I guess you saw it on video, or definitely. I might have seen it on a
1: laserdisc. Who knows? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, A lot of people. uh, There was one guy on here talking about how when they went to the video store, they would get two or three movies and Tron. Yeah. You know, they would just always bring home Tron. Yeah. They never saw it in the theater, (laughs) but like he saw it about 200 times over like four years, just because what they had on there
1: the thing i remember i the thing i remember about tron and this is probably true today is like i as a kid i had trouble identifying that the people in the tron world were analogs of the people yeah. in like yeah. the same actors and everything because yeah. they had their they the hair was different helmets their glasses yeah. were off yeah you know black and white i don't get it <laughs> whole different people yeah
0: there's a lot of uh there's been a, a few people that said that as adults they saw it and were like oh yeah Oh, those are the same people. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you get it with with uh, with Flynn because you actually see him get sucked into yes. the computer. Yes, absolutely. but everybody else, it's a bit of a, a bit of a shock. Yeah, right.
1: And I feel like, and I I admit I have not watched it recently. I did not watch it in in anticipation oh, of this I see. of I see. this. I watched the minutes that you sent me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I actually made a conscious decision because I, I have
0: questions. And, yeah. And I thought it'd be more interesting to talk. About yeah. It right on. Right. To, on.
1: Than to just assume that we both know everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Good. Okay. Cool. All right, well, what happens in this minute? We get uh, Tron and Yori sneaking around. They sneak past guards, they sneak up giant wire cables, and they sneakily avoid detection by another recognizer. So, I found it
1: it was interesting to me. I work in I work in, you know, the filmish industry as, you know, yeah. visual storytelling and everything. And Looking at movies now, as compared to when I was a young man, yeah, um, I'm certainly much more critical about. Oh, for
0: sure, <laughs> for sure. You're behind the curtain, so you're like.
1: So the one thing I noticed about they say, "Oh my goodness, there's more guards. What do we do?" Is like the intimation, and they just walk past them. Basically. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> our strategy to avoid them is to run a little, run a little
0: quickly right out in the open. Yeah, it's this wide, wide, <laughs> wide hangar. Yeah, and they're like, and they're
1: not. It's not like they're bu- the guards are busy occupied with no just kind of
0: standing there like yeah I was thinking that they uh, they need to they create a distraction or something like throw a rock in the other direction and then or, run past or even like they would have had better luck I think just walking casually right but they're like <laughs> clock clop 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 they do yeah. this little sprint and I'm yeah. like oh man you're up to no good. Yeah. This is not. (laughs) Yeah. Those guards are terrible. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah. There's six of them. (laughs) There's six of them. So they run across with more of that sweet, flattened, processed footstep sound effects. Yeah. Which is cool. And, uh, which is pretty cool. And, but one thing before they leave their little, their, their little, um, alcove in the hallway is that the wallpaper again is a little, uh, chaotic and haphazard in the background. Mm. Like there's a lot of the big, strong you know magenta stripes and the cyan stripes and the yellow blocks of color but there's a bunch of the a bunch of the wallpaper here is very um, not fractal but like it's like a close-up of crumpled up tinfoil or electron microscope oh, okay. hair or something like that and uh i think it's because this part of town is still having its power leached so it's still breaking down a little oh, bit that's uh, that's one thing is they're in kind of a they're they're in a part of town where the MCP has got everybody on starvation rations of energy. Right. And so everything's breaking down that the the programs are zombies and the walls themselves are degrading, which I don't think really came across in the film that much, but in this part of town a lot of the backgrounds right. have that kind of that kind of crumpled up look in the in the walls. Oh, so, that's interesting. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Right? So we get what do we got cut to a wide shot of a huge open hangar door and these are some prime examples of the aesthetic. Um like this is something that like a lot of VFX and animation people can really dig because the clusters of guards I think were shot separately mm-hmm. against black, and that's the only element of live action in this uh in this shot. Right. The rest of the set is just a painting with some cool conceptual work and you know bold choices and lines. And I like that they like they I think there's a lot of times in this movie where they could have chosen to just go with right angles. Mm-hmm. And in this shot specifically you see the door is a strange right. shape yeah you know and there's a lot of like 45 degree angles and 20 degree angles and stuff like that so it's not just as boxy as they could have gone right. with, which i thought was pretty cool yeah which is you should always do if you can yeah right <laughs> try to make something a little unusual yeah. and they it do that like over and over again in this movie which i really appreciate Let's see here so we get the uh the six guards and they're milling around And there, in the background, you can see the series of steps leading up to the giant V-shaped hole in the wall. And this is the dais where a character we're about to meet should be sitting, but he's not there right now, Mm. which is a little odd. He's not the kind of character that can get around. Yes, you know. So, so I figured they'd uh, maybe they just figured they'd leave him out, and nobody would notice, and I didn't. (laughs) So it was probably a good call. Yeah. Until now, going in with the microscope, right? And just beside the leftmost guard, you can see a patch of dark on the ground that's kind of stuttering, and I think that might be a shadow left over from the oh, process. That's like a yeah processing the, error. Yeah, processing yeah. error. You can you can see that a lot.
1: Well, then maybe that just uh, you know folds into the uh, the theory you're saying where like everything's breaking down here. Yeah, sure. Maybe that's <laughs> that's what it is. We'll take we'll take less care with the special effects. That's the, what, this yeah, that's part what of the movie because
0: uh, you know because <laughs> the
1: system is breaking down <laughs> in the in the narrative.
0: Yeah. Well, and also you can see in, um, with the guards are all talking to each other and they don't have a lot of peripheral vision in those giant hoods. That's true. So maybe this is okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't ruin the movie for me, no. but it's just one of those things. I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. Right? Especially yeah. because everything in that universe is so loud uh, right? when they walk, right? It's yeah. like... I can't even clank, sort clank, of, clank. Yeah, clank, clank, clank. clip, clop. You know, it's this really loud, echoey, you know, yeah. like they got porcelain shoes on a porcelain floor or something like that. You know, it's not not quite clicking, but it's that really Yeah, there's no sneaking in the Tron world. Every time someone's on the ground and rolling around, it's like somebody you know <laughs> spilled a bag of dice. Yeah, they <laughs> aggressively elbowing some plywood boxes or something like that. Yeah. You know, like it's really it's really something.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure you've talked about this before, but uh I love the design of the of the costumes, especially the I think the guards are like super cool. They got, you know, the super top heavy. You can't see their faces. They have yeah. that, that little narrow black spot in the middle of their of their, you know, shoulder bulk. Yeah. Which is really cool. It's like, you know, definitely gives them like the sense of anonymity and
0: Yeah. And just part of the part of the scenery kind of. And menace, right? They've yeah. got that that feeling. these are the bad guys. Yeah. With their, you know, it's kind of like I like the effect that they've managed to make with what looks like hockey gloves and a respirator mm-hmm. from a hardware store. Yep. You know, like and yep. like. Oh, okay, I recognize the elements, but they come yeah. together. I kind of wish they had something a bit more on their on their legs because they just do have tights on their legs. Just great yeah, tights and, I'm
1: totally on board with it.
0: Oh, it looks great. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, it looks good. You know, and they do look like uh, they do. They do fulfill their function as guards. Yeah, and you know? I man, I mean, like this is like you
1: know. I guess like before the um the Master Control program started putting all the programs into games. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be this way. But um from an audience standpoint, like everything is it's you know, it's it's cybersports, right? Like yeah. you, you, so it makes sense for these everyone in the world to be dressed in hockey pads and sure. and and, you know, shoulder pads and all that kind of stuff. Man. Like as far as I was concerned, like it, it make it made total sense that they're just you know, they're just
0: We've gotten this far in this podcast before. You just brought up a very excellent point as to why they're wearing all that stuff. Because yeah. we were always uh, laughing. It looks like they're dressed in like sleeping bags that they've taken apart and made into a, a uniform. They look yeah. they look cuddly. They look like yeah. they're there to absorb. If somebody body tackled them, they'd end up just snuggling and burrowing in because it's like, oh, this is so comfortable, yeah. you know. But I like uh, I like that idea that these are these are these are functional. This is armor. And yeah. These are like you know power gauntlets or whatever. Like if they were in the e games, if they were in the 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 high lie, you know, wall ball sort of thing, yeah. they would they would do really well because they could take a direct hit and it wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, it's functional. Yeah. Good. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just for oppression. It's for. Uh, it's for the, the it's, professional yeah. sports that they'd be paying. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, and I don't know, like. One thing is when they're in the, the the corridor, just as before they come out. Uh, one thing I'm not sure if you knew, but they really they needed the the male characters to wear dance belts. The actors, yes, because makes sense. There was a lot of you know, David Bowie labyrinth yes stuff happening before they're like, This is supposed to be G. Let's yeah. let's get her in. But I mean, yeah. you can really see it in like just a few of the shots. And the the beginning of this minute is one where they come out no. and Yuri stops them and like, Wait, okay, look, there's guards over there. Like you get a full shot of like, you know, from the thighs up and right. you're like, Wow, they need dance belts. <laughs> he's got he's got his Rubik's Cube it, in yes, there. <laughs> it is. There's there's something there's something happening. But I like in um Another thing you can notice is when they run across the the scene, there you can see that there's a there's a hard black line around them, right. and this is because the the 65 millimeter camera its its focus was so. Um, it needed so much light Mm -hmm. on those sets Mm -hmm. that it was really hard to get a clear image. Right. That makes sense. So it was mostly, they had to like stay still so that you could get a good mat or a good, a good background removal. So anytime somebody moves, it blurs.
1: So did they just go in after the fact and draw like a line around every, every frame?
0: Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. There was a guy, (laughs) there was a good story about Dan shore where he had a guy come up to this, come up to him on the street years later. And, uh, He's like, you. And Dan Shore is like, I, me what? What's going on? And he's like, you. I know you. You're from that Tron movie. And he's like, yeah, what's happening right now? <laughs> and he's like, well, I worked on the effects team uh. <laughs> and I had to mat out your nose, you know, your face. Like, it's like, I've just I've memorized your face because right. I had to work on it for like eight months. That's fine. You know, I've never met the guy, but it was like, right. so. So yeah, you but, just went up to him, and started drawing around. <laughs> like, there and it said, is. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> you haunt my dreams. But uh, yeah, so they had to they had to just do it out and as much as they could, right? So whenever yeah. somebody's running, you can see a really hard black line around them. But in this wide shot with them going across, I can really see the Mobius design in their characters, right? And I' not quite sure why that is. I think it might be that they've got the really the thick shins. They've got like big thick shins on them and you can see them and there's, because it's so minimal Mm -hmm. and Mobius designs tend to be pretty intricate and there's a lot of stuff going on, but this is a very scaled down, but the essence of Mobius is still there. Yeah. Even just just in the lines on a leotard kind of thing. I thought that was kind of interesting. I could really see it in their little skitter across this, their (laughs) their sneak, their sneaky sprint across the giant hallway. Did you ever watch, here we, uh, tangent happening now, did
1: you ever watch the um, the film um, that was by Mobius, which I believe is called,
0: oh, now I'm trying to remember. We're not talking like The Fifth Element or something. Like no, that. no, 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 the animated film. Inkle? The Inkle?
1: No. Uh, it's Time Masters, I think, is oh what gosh. it was. I don't know.
0: I don't think I did. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's... But he did the designs for it, I imagine. He didn't do the uh
1: I think I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I've uh, and it and I'm getting I'm getting it mixed up with another um movie that about that time. Um but uh you know what? In between the break, we'll take a look at that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Or, you
0: know, open it up to the listeners. Right? Yeah, hey, if you if you're from your big Mobius fans out there, let us
1: Yeah, it was it was back in the day and it was like definitely like, you know, a European film kind of oh, okay. thing. Okay, right yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't I didn't hear about it or learn about it until much
0: later in my life. Huh. When I was, you know, getting into collecting. Well, it's cool because that's the universes that he creates. I mean he's did so much production design that we've seen over the years in about like, you know, I guess I wonder how many films he ended up designing. Yeah, that's a great question. Probably, like I imagine, like the ones that hit the big time, like Tron and uh, Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. Was it Fifth Element? Was one of them? I think. I think so. Yeah, I think that was based on one of his actual comics. I think, but they're like, um, no, no, that was what am I talking about? That's not at all. But yeah, I think there's like three or four that really, really sort of topped out. Really sort of became like a lot of American audiences are aware of. Mm-hmm. But I wonder how many he did in total because that guy was prolific. Yeah. Like <laughs> and he was but he
1: and he was like always like I collected comics when I was a kid, but he was always kinda like on the periphery because yeah. a lot of comic shops like, you know, they'd have one comic of a series or whatever. So yeah. I never got into him because yeah. I was like, I don't know, you know, and maybe he had like a story in heavy metal or everything, but there was nothing that like like really sink my teeth into yeah. In terms of like collecting and getting to know his body of
0: work. Yeah. So there was always like, Oh yeah, I heard of I've heard of that guy, he does yeah. really cool art and that's that's where it dance for the most part. Yeah. European imports that, you know, might have yeah, just had some some nudity in it or something yeah. or something <laughs> exactly something really out there and his and his stories were always kind of out there too like, yeah just like what mm-hmm. he has to find a triangular crystal that will wake up <laughs> God or what <laughs> you know this isn't the Fantastic Four yeah, like what exactly. is happening here like so that's uh, yeah he's something else but I remember like Friends would get autographs of his at cons mm. and it would be a full drawing right it would be like yeah. a guy with a broom and a strange bird hat <laughs> hanging out you know on a unicycle or something and it's like what how long did this take he's like oh, about you know a minute yeah he's like what <laughs> you know like, so this guy just he just cranks you're out. not confusing him with sergio <laughs> <Ergonos>. <laughs> yeah yeah similar very similar right <laughs> similar just bang it out just bang it out cool all right so they make it across a huge expanse of the hangar somehow without alerting the guards at all um and they stop and they look up and we cut to maybe the second shot in the film to me that looks very very hand-drawn yes absolutely and that the, the first is the uh the first shot was when they're in the highlight game and the scoop comes out to deliver another energy right. pellet. yeah it's like this really yeah. elastic Don blues you yes. know, kind of thing that comes out. Yeah, there's definitely a few in there. And then these these cables, um, it's like he's got these seven giant bundles of cables with bands around them every few meters yeah. snaking up somewhat erratically into the sky. Some of them come close to what looks like... Uh, a blue cube of a building with a glowing green walkway, mm-hmm. a little trim of widely spaced red lights on it, very dreamlike. But it also looks like it should have like some cartoon characters on it or something. Totally, yeah. It doesn't look like it's – it sort of takes me out of the Tron world a little bit. Yeah, so and the perspective is a little – it's
1: very foreshortened. It's like – it's yeah. it's it's definitely an artistic rendition as opposed to what you would see if you were just like – filming this in real life kind of a thing
0: yeah because i don't have much of a i guess a size comparison for it or Mm -hmm. something like that i'm kind of kind of like what am i looking at there's a few cuts in the film where it'll cut from people will look at something and then it'll cut to a new shot yeah i have have no idea what i'm looking at (laughs) what what's happening and this is one of those shots where i'm like i those kind of look like cables i think yeah you know and
1: they show them Climbing up them and and, the I, and, shot, and yeah. I noticed like the scale seems very different compared yeah. to the previous shots,
0: yeah 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 um, yeah, but, yeah like those look pretty big, and then they 're climbing on and, and they 're like, like, oh, 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 oh those, those are <laughs> huge <laughs> it 's like half a mile between the uh, between stop points or yeah whatever, you know? yeah I, yeah,
1: and I was like, how and obviously, the climbing shot is very clearly, you know, Batman 1960s yeah. where they just had them walking along the floor and then just, oh, we're just going to angle it up a little bit. Yeah. Because I can't see them getting any traction
0: No. <laughs> these very smooth no, that's, uh, cables. Yeah, is there? I think, yeah, they're probably climbing some felt mm-hmm. plywood, you know, felt glued to plywood or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But the cables are very clearly like smooth yeah. nonstick plastic porcelain or yes, something. And no, you're like, you're not, like what are you, how are you <laughs> your shoes have no grips on them. Yep. You have no, you know, yeah, you can see them. And it's like, well, a, go? it's like a cluster at this point of like, almost like a cluster of, you know, those like covered water slide tubes. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of like five or six of those put together, you know, completely. I don't know how they're finding footholds on the, uh, on the surface. And then they get the occasional burst of energy going yeah, up the, which is cool, going up the cable. And I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping they're not dangerous pulses of energy. Otherwise, they're just really gambling. And again, as they're climbing, it's like clunk, scrape, clunk, 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 scrape, clunk, scrape, you know, which is not good for sneaking around. But it's a pretty sweet sound effect. I like that. Totally. Uh, And then we get a wide shot of the cable forest and a light stabs across the screen like a searchlight in the fog. Like what the heck is that? And in the next shot, Tron and Yori hop off of a cable onto an outcropping, presumably of the Blue Cube building that we saw earlier. And then we can see the searchlight behind them, and then we hear the hum of the recognizer right. growing louder.
1: Then, oh, did you talk about the recognizer sound in a previous episode?
0: We, well, we've touched on it a couple times. Like, but what did you uncover? Well, it
1: sounds. I didn't do much research. I you know I tried I I, I googled it a little bit, but uh, I could. You know, the best I could find was like, here's a YouTube video with just the recognizer sound. And oh, it sounds okay. to me like it's just, you know, you take a Moog synthesizer and adjust a couple knobs and then you have it. Yeah. Because I feel like that's something you could absolutely recreate on a on a Moog, on an
0: old Moog. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. But what they did was they took a, there was a, a preset of a helicopter. Mm, Okay. And they took that and they, they flanged it and pitched it and, right. and massaged it and that's what he ended up with. So it's that that throb is yeah. the the rotors yeah. and they've just taken it down. So and which is
1: very menacing and cool. Like oh, you it hear works. that, yeah, you okay.
0: hear that in the in the in the background. Like, well, oh, what was that game? There was a game with Sam in the title, and there was these bombs that would. Uh, oh gosh, this is not a good story. <laughs> <But it> would, <laughs> there was there was these bombs that would scream. And they would run at you, and then they would blow up when they got oh. to you, and you could you could uh you could outrun them right, but it took some work, but you could hear them far off mm-hmm. so you'd be like you'd be yeah. like a ah, in the background and <laughs> you'd be like, oh, what oh no like? you yeah. no, and then we'd, ah, would it would get louder, and then you'd see it, and then you are like, "Get out of here, you know it would just scream yeah. its way up to you and then explode, and this is kind of like in the background when you'd hear right. a recognizer yeah. you know you're in trouble you're like, "Oh no, oh no, oh no, so that it it's, it's it is a very effective sound for sure. I just wish that they were a bit more effective at the uh, I we, never, we never if they did anything. Yeah. <laughs> we never see them actually take yeah. anybody out or, yeah. or 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 anything like that, right? So and then yeah, cuz we see the earlier shot of the cable forest after they hop off and we do see it is in fact from a recognizer. It swerves into view, gets close to the camera and it stops at one of the cables and brings its searchlight down. To the place where Yori and Tron were climbing before, yep. I think, and then it pauses, and then shimmies sideways and up diagonally, tracking the cable with with its light. So mm-hmm. I think that means okay, it's on their trail. Right, it has found out where they're going. So,
1: I mean, yeah, there was a little bit of disconnect for me there, like in terms of like, did they did he find him? Is 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 anything really happening? in terms of plot right now, we uh, yeah, like for okay. me it was just like okay, well they're they are watching out for it, and that's it. But then um, later the guards show up so I guess yeah I guess there's a connection
0: there yeah I guess that they were on their on their trail it's very in in the um, at the end of the minute I like to compare how it how the screen how the movie compares to the novelization and the the Mm. screenplay Mm -hmm. so and they're quite different in this in this instance okay so it sort of ends up being a similar collection of beats but it makes more sense in different in different ways but um yeah they could have used like a marker or, or, a, or, a, or a voiceover or something like uh, they were here yeah they went this way yeah exactly or, or something something yeah. along those lines I'm like, or it would be cool if if could like if the
1: recognizer had you know if you went to the recognizer POV for a second you could see like a trace of footprints or something like yeah. anything like you yeah. know recognizer vision or something like that who knows?
0: So, hazy after image of them yeah. climbing
1: or something yeah. like,
0: oh there's traces of them this way or something like some positronic trail of you know tachyons or whatever yeah uh let's see so tron and yori are up on that ledge there and they're with their their backs to the wall and they come across a window and they get on either side of it peering down and then we get this great top-down shot of the scalloped i'm trying to hard to describe how to how to how to describe this dais but it's this massive dais with circuitry and really cool designs all over it and there's a strange sort of hat on the top of it like a top hat and this is what was in the background behind the guards from the earlier shots so mm. this is what they were trying to get to and the sound of the recognizer gets louder the light sweeps near tron and yori as the recognizer starts coming up to their level yori says they don't see us and goes to hop through the window It leaves me sort of thinking like you know by what means do you come to that conclusion yori you know like yeah. like mm, they're right. looking for you. Yeah, they might. But I like that she's taking point, you know, that mm-hmm. she's the one guiding yeah. Tron yeah. in these shots. For which sure. Like, because it's a, a sort of an echo of her character in the real world. Like, mm. one thing that always kind of bothered me was that her character, even on the IMDb page, is just called Laura. Right. And it, it's not until I think like the novelization, even in the screenplay, the novelization is the only piece of litter I could find that, like, mentions that her full name is dr laura baines okay i'm like she's second in command of the (laughs) laser project yeah Yeah. she brings you know flynn and alan together they're not talking to each other she drags alan over to flynn's place and brings him back to the she's the one that gets them into the building because she's got the access right she's the one that gives them the instructions and she's the only one that knows like dr walter gibbs and flynn and alan and she's like sort of she's a linchpin to the whole film right and then uh, in the in the Tron world, her program's kind of been uh, taken over and zombified, and Tron wakes her up a little bit. Oh, okay, right, you know, but she's still kind of. What are we gonna do, Tron? Right, you know, I don't know how to do this. Right, you know? and it's kind of a, she's re- recovering her senses yeah, as the movie goes on, kind it of is, thing. But it kind of robs her character a little bit, you know, mm. but. But I like that at least at least there's echoes up where she's right. like, "Let's go this way." They haven't seen us. I'll yeah. go first. I'm like, okay, good. There's, there's, there's aspects of her there, which yeah. is cool. right?
1: And, and uh, do we see, because we see uh, Tron uh, slide down all the way. Yeah. Uh, and then he kind of tumbles at the end. Yeah, it does a weird, yeah, that's in the, in the, in the <laughs> next is, minute. He does a strange shoulder which, roll for uh, out of nowhere. Which uh, I guess we don't see her come to the end of the slide. No, we see her slide so, down. We, we have to assume she does it a little more eleg- elegantly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Do we see her come to the end? I don't know. Well, but that's in the next minute, but that takes us up to the end of this minute, I think. Um, Do, oh yeah. And then we go through the differences between the screenplay. Well, what do you, what else do you, do you have anything else you wanted to cover? Um, no. Okay. The differences between the screenplay and the novel. Now this, in the novel, they do get noticed by the guards. Oh, is that right? Yeah. In the novel, they're, they're memory guards. As they as they're called, okay, uh, seize them and they raise the alarm and go after them. Mm. So at like, which point, like they, as they're crossing the the hangar, okay, right? They're like, quick this way, clop clop, sneak sneak, <laughs> sprint sprint, <laughs> and the guards are like, there you are, oh there you are, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it also mentions that this part of town is indeed. Degraded, which is right. why some of the walls are okay. jagged and glitchy. Gotcha. And t- so Tron and Yuri duck into like. That makes s-
1: some of uh, du- Dumont's lines
0: uh, yeah. give more context. Like, Nobody's here. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, okay. And he can't leave. Yeah. Obviously can't <laughs> go anywhere. Uh, so it's. But Tron and Yuri duck into a service corridor and hide behind a panel. And there's hundreds of these panels. Mm. So the guards are like, oh, geez, now we have to uncover. Right, we have to play whack a mole with these panels to oh, that's see what we can find, and and then there's sort of in this huge like Jeffrey's tube, but it's like like from Star Trek, but like way you know bigger, and so there's a ton of tangled cables snaking upwards, and there's a back door up there somewhere. So and since the huge cables are like kinked and messy, there's lots right. of footholds uh, okay. for them to climb. Yeah. Which is, I think, this whole sequence like it really didn't come across in the film. The finished the finished product doesn't quite. That the, the, there appears to be no footholds on these yes. giant yes, cables exactly. that they're magically magnetically climbing. Yeah, they look like if they just sort of whoops, they're gone forever because they could they could just there's no there's nothing to grab onto,
1: yeah, well, I can see that from a production standpoint that being preferred over
0: you know trying to do like this whole mess
1: of cables that <laughs> so they're to climb through, but.
0: yeah, and their production schedule was bonkers mm-hmm. like bonkers like they 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 think they finished shooting in December and they had to come out in in July, and they're like, well, we've got a lot of um a lot of work to do like a lot of the post-production was done in nine months and this is like a just a ridiculous like this was and they were inventing half the processes that they were coming up with yeah so i think they were like how how are how's this shot of the cables and they were like looks fantastic (laughs) 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 you know there was no uh that needs to be redone i think there was a lot of like yep stamp
1: great yeah there's a and then the in the um in the animation industry there is a lot of it doesn't have to be perfect but it does have to be done
0: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure right like get it done and then you know there's um oh what was it the crusty the crusty camp in the simpsons you know, he's given out toys and they've got the crusty seal of approval and the seal <laughs> of approval says they're not just good they're good enough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right you know <laughs> that always that always uh, occurs <laughs> to me when i'm trying to finish a shot and i'm like yeah well you know, It's not perfect, but it <laughs> yeah. is due tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it works. In the uh, in the screenplay, it's very, very different. So, Tron and Yuri walk across town mm. past a whole bunch of zombie programs mumbling like MCP compliant nonsense before taking a massive elevator up to the room where uh, the dais is. Oh, okay. And uh, each step of the dais is glowing a different color in the Ooh, screenplay. Fun. So, and there's a few colors present in the top down shot we see in this minute, but it's not a full-on rainbow, so I can see why they maybe didn't want to do that. But anyway, they just um they walk up to the dais and talk to the guy at the top. Yep, that's it. No drama, no suspense, no chase. right There's also a note that says um, in the screenplay it says scene three thirty four to three forty nine omit." Oh. Between them walking around town and them walking up the dais. So maybe those are the scenes that, that we're getting here. Right. Right, that they were originally cut but then brought back for the actual movie. Interesting. And so, Huh. yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the secret is to that one. but I wonder
1: how many versions of the screenplay there are.
0: Yeah, I don't know because the one I found seemed to be the latest, right? But I'm like, I wonder, wonder yeah, the, the scratch notes and the I'd love to look at the beginnings because the it went through a lot of changes for sure. You know, there was one point, and we've talked about it before, but they wanted it to be a lot more comedic. Robin Williams was going to be the lead, oh. and all the sort of sidekicks like Bit were like animated characters and <laughs> yeah, wild, yeah. wild stuff like that. You're like, wow, what the heck would that bit have been like? You know, like there was, there was Bonnie McBird and Steven Lisberger, and I think Bonnie McBird wanted to go in a more comedic direction, and they ended up not. Right, and then Bonnie McBird was, I think, either left the project or was fired from the project. I'm not sure, but but then it ended up. That would be an inter- interesting movie to watch. Yeah, it I'd like be a very to very different movie. I'd like to just see it. Yeah, I'd like to see how that go to the you know <laughs> the alternate universe. Yeah, Earth four two six or whatever. Like, oh okay. Well, that takes us to the end of the um the end of minute. Cool. 64. 64. Wildly 64. So, I guess uh, where can people find you if they want to hear more of you?
1: Uh, I am on Patreon. I have a Patreon. It's Torn Atkinson. Patreon. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Adventure.exe is a podcast that I'm on, and Torrin's Guide to Everything. And I'm on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. Well, I mean, I'm on them, but I never check them, so there's Fair no enough. point trying to.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any urgent messages will not be... Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, check out more at com. Drop us a line on Twitter at speaking. Send us an email at speaking at gmail.com. Or join us on Facebook at the Tronologically Speaking Tron minute-by-minute minute listeners page. Uh, shout out to Pond5 for the excellent music at the beginning and at the end. The... Uh, Royalty-free, non-litigious music at the beginning and the end. And special thanks to the Star Wars Minute that started it all. Go on over to MoviesByMinutes.com and see if your favorite movie is there. And if it isn't, as I always say, consider doing one yourself. It's very inclusive and encouraging community. And uh, it's a fun experience to do. What I like to do when I end the podcast is uh, have a little... End of line, unanimous end of line. Mm -hmm. You want to try that on three? Absolutely. All right. One, two, three. End End of of line. line.